survivor and when the show ends you really want to talk about it with like-minded friends it might be hard to find some but don't you shed a tear check out the purple rock podcast and this is what you'll hear john will make some dumb jokes and he likes to yell and curse and if they're not available the backup hosts are so much worse spend the whole time being jerks telling you you're wrong and so we got this other jerk to sing you our theme song Hello, and welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast, where we have spent the past 24 hours listening to Kenny Loggins and practicing our terrible Boston accents. I am your host this week, Matt, and joining me is Emily. How you doing, Emily? Uh, I think you mean the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast? <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to get this right. You know, it seems like every episode's been boys' night until now, so uh, <laughs> our timing couldn't be better. You see, terrible, terrible Boston accents. <laughs> We're doing our own podcast with Blackjack and Hookers. So neither of us have been on yet this season. Uh, so, you know, I want to ask you first, and then I'll give my opinions on this. But uh, what are your overall thoughts on the season thus far? Well, my main overall thought is clearly John and Andy have hate, hate us and also are probably threatened by our um, increased popularity. But uh, thoughts of the season is a little hard to parse because I think, um, you know, episode by episode, you've, you've said this, I think, in just our own conversations. You know, some of the individual episodes, I still, like, have a good time and have fun, but... Uh, you know, this is definitely not going to be a high-ranking season, um, that's for sure. But there are some character moments I've enjoyed. Um, I think we'll definitely get into some editing moments we've enjoyed. But in terms of the strategy, you, what strategy? Right. I mean, it's this is strategy right out from, you know, the first couple seasons of the show so far. Um, yeah, I, I, I've compared this to Survivor Junk Food. It tastes good as it goes down and then you kind of at the end of the day you kind of uh, you feel bad about yourself you know because all you've eaten is junk food um it's the survivor editors are really good at their job the episodes move quickly i typically enjoy as i'm watching them and then the episodes end and i feel terrible about the way the season's going uh and that really sums up the season for me so yeah how do i feel about the season i guess it's not a disaster uh, every week but I don't like where it's going, and I don't think there's a lot that I'm going to remember about it uh, as I look back on it in future years. Yeah, I uh, I think I think especially we're finding kind of the numbered seasons blend a little together anyway, but um, can kind of be highlighted by like their stars. You know, you have like yeah. 42, like it's Marianne. Well, that's that's easy, you know, and, and you have the big places like Omer and stuff. 43, you know, the final three, yeah, but you'll at least remember Jesse, unless you're John, who remembers nobody. Um, <laughs> 41, we probably just don't remember. <laughs> it's just like, that was weird, right? No, but, uh, you know, Shan, Ricard, um, everything of about the new era being a whole ass mess. And now, like, the big star was Caleb, and he went out, you know, kind of early, um, first juror. So it's like, 
I mean, I know I'll remember this season for our true Bostonian king, but otherwise, you know, it'll just be like, oh, yeah, remember those four people who weren't interesting and ran the game? I mean, and the thing is, like, I feel that's a little unfair because I do like Austin, but he's like he has like the smallest edit like i like him I too, but he's barely on the you know ever since he avenged his sandwiches they're like okay that's good hey yeah and and that and that's the thing like it's just uh yeah i mean the rest of his group is hogging the spotlight um from him which probably doesn't speak well to him you know winning this in the end uh and Hence our concern about this. <laughs> I mean, I mean, and I guess that's the main thing that overrides it. Every week, it's it ends with the fact that you just become more and more certain that one of these Reba four are going to win in the end, and you know, there's nothing about them that seems that interesting to lead to that conclusion. And uh, you know, at this point, it's if that's the foregone conclusion that's kind of a boring story to have told and i guess that's what we're faced with yeah you know i think we've always said the show lives and dies by its casting which i definitely still think is true but i think we're also seeing that you know with the right editing you really can like help is it you know a lipstick on a pig situation sure but that that pig's prettier than all the other pigs and I think the the modern seasons they might li- you know live and die not just by their cast but also by their chaos and the last and- twists they decide to include. Well, but just like if those twists actually spur people to uh, do something or not, and uh, in forty three, our big con- you know our big criticism of that one, or at least mine, was no one did anything for most of the game. And then that's kind of my same criticism of this season, which is just no one's doing anything. And, you know, I know John and Andy have talked about how, you know, you throw enough at at people and people get conservative. And I think that's true. I think that's what's happening here. Yeah, I am really waiting for production to figure that out because I feel like we've I got don't the think they will. Size. I know someone look, I like the White Lotus as much as the next person, but someone get Mike White on the phone with Jeffrey, okay? Because he has saved us before, and uh, I do believe he could do it again. What, you don't think Tyler Perry still has the pull that he once had? I said what I said. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, this episode and some of the plans uh, to try to overthrow this dominant Reba 4. And let's start with the... Uh, most plan, uh, Bruce's plan. Uh, did you think Bruce's plan was just, you know, kind of dumb or did you think it was really dumb? Like, I mean, I guess, well, situationally, I think really dumb, but like if he had done it maybe at a different time or in a different way you know such as like if you make people think you don't have an idol so they can all just vote for you maybe play the idol you know so the initial plan if it was done right after kelly's vote out maybe but as of how it actually went down uh bruce buddy what the the thing is as he's concocting this plan, I'm thinking to myself, well, these are all the reasons and ways 
it's kind of dumb and how it can go wrong. And then they basically all happen in the episode. I was like, one, if you try to convince people that you don't have an idol, they won't vote with you because it's just going to be a wasted vote. It's not going to succeed. Two, they're going to be mad at you for lying to them if you then fess up that you do, in fact, still have an idol. As we saw with Jake, who was really mad at Bruce and didn't want to work with him for that reason. Three, you're going to show yourself to be unreliable, which right now you have to convince people that you are very reliable because this is a very dodgy plan. And, you know, all you what you could really do is just say, I have an idol. They're going to try to flush it. Why don't we turn it on them when they try to split the votes? And instead, you come up with this cockamamie plan, and he gets thrown on... I mean, and four, you're relying on Katora keeping the secret, and Katora hates you, so... <laughs> yeah, it really seemed like maybe Jake is the one you test the lie out on. Yes. And and then actually lie to Katora, um, especially if they happen to know that Jake, like, does community theater and stuff he might be a better person to ask but also like there's the person you seem to trust and then the person who very clearly hates you which one should you actually lie to and which one are you doing a like oh jk you know like like i feel like jake would take that so much more differently than katora yes no i i agree and the thing is you know he did not need four people. He needed three. He needed he needed two people with him. He needed the votes to be three on Bruce, two on Jake, and then the three and then he plays the idol and the three of them pile on to whoever they wanted to choose. Um, which we'll get to their choice later because my God, that was also kind of dumb. But <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going to be hearing that word a lot. For, uh, uh, in this podcast because uh, everything that the non-Reba 4 did this episode infuriated me. Just every one of them made terrible choices. But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, like Bruce's plan, use the idol, break it up. If you have people working with you that the other side doesn't think are working with you, you can break up their split vote. You can knock that out and you can take one of them out and then suddenly it's a different game. Yeah, there's just... The the potential was there. The execution was irreparably flawed. And that's the thing. You know, I what's happening to me, the reason why the Reba 4 are controlling this game is because people don't want to make a jump for a half-assed plan, and no one outside the Reba 4 can, cl- can come up with a full-assed plan. And so why jeopardize your potential fifth spot and then a tiebreaker that could get you to final three for a plan that has unreliable people uh, that you're working with that isn't thought through and that won't work. Like, why do that? Like, I understand why they're not jumping, but also it just makes their spot in the game worse every time they don't. Yeah, like when Emily even said in the show, like, you know, that she wants to do something, but that they're all just so hard to work with. I'm like, I, I get that. That? Yeah, except that here's the thing. And, you know, we'll jump ahead, I guess, a little bit because Emily also, in my opinion, just like, you know, ruined any, you know, redemption she had in my eyes. 
as a, oh, she's really kind of come on since, you know, those first couple episodes and she's playing better and she recognizes that a move needs to be made now because from her actions that, you know, from what she said this episode, maybe she recognized that. But from her actions this episode, anything but. Like, there actually was a plan in place that could have dwindled the alliance, that could have taken out one of the people taking your spot in that Reba 4, and instead she used it and she used that plan to uh to just throw to, to to throw out one of the people that the Reba 4 is most scared of instead. It made no sense to me. Like, what is the logic there? How does that help her? Well, I think there's a there's a couple things, some that we didn't get in the show that I feel like I need to know. And one is like how who decided who was like how the split vote was splitting and just like how that decision was made. Because the fact that you have three of the four Rebas being the votes on Jake actually yeah. eliminates a lot of their flexibility without like cluing people in. And so if that's the Reba four kind of seeing that potential and, and, you know, making that choice, then good on them. Um, and sure. if, if that's because Emily and Katora were like never planning on actually flipping Emily or Katora, I should say, cause it could have yeah. been either, um, planning on flipping, then that's on them. But like, I think back, I think it was Cambodia, um, where Spencer apparently was actually willing to like try to save Cass, but he was like assigned the, the wrong person for the split mm-hmm. vote. So it wouldn't have done anything. Yeah, and that, uh, I mean, you know, that's the thing. Like, the three people, they put all the non-Reba votes onto Bruce, and then they put one Reba vote onto Bruce. They split it that way, which meant that you would have needed all of the non-Rebas to work together in this instance. You couldn't have done the propo- the proposed vote split that I had, because then the Rebas would have, because then it would have been tied, and then you would have, you know, and then you would have had potential tiebreaker scenarios. Um but, you know, you can think that out. You know, if you know what the vote split is, you know what you have to do to overcome it. And I think at the end of the day, yes, it was likely that one of Emily or Katura was never going to not vote Bruce. But also, Emily took a lot of work to set up Bruce for this. This wasn't spur of the moment. This wasn't last minute, which to me suggests... She was never in on the plan to get out of one of the Rebus. Yeah, I think she really is out there being like, look, I'm going to be fifth. Well, not like even be fifth, but like be the one potentially that if now I think because we have final four fire making, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of assumptions there. But that like, okay, she already has a bond with um, Drew and Austin. And now we see her kind of trying to build that with Dee and Julie and hoping that those pairs will both try to go to her at five. Um, I, you know, because the wonderful invention of fire, final four fire making, I do think, uh, hurts that because there's less motivation for a group of four to turn on each other. And, um, the fact that Austin may very well still have two idols at that point. <laughs> but, well, he'd have to play them before, uh, I think he'd have to play them before five. I think they expire at six. No, I'm pretty sure they're a normal idol. Um, at least, or maybe I think I know one the of beware, them expires at six. The, the beware advantage is definitely a normal idol because okay. that was the whole thing of um, 
sacrificing his vote. It's possible that the thing that's not that, the amulet bullshit, uh, might might expire at six. Um, because I think, yeah, maybe that was a thing where uh, Lindsay didn't use hers on Omer, and it's not like she had an idol at five since that's when she went. So yeah, you're probably right there. But he will probably at least have one um, because they're yeah, at the you- final seven now, unless Julie still... Do you think Julie actually still has his idol? Because they haven't shown us them giving it back, and they still include that in the Chiron, but I kind of wonder if they just want us to think that, because then it would be like the irony as Bruce has this fake plan about saying his idol went home with someone else, and that they're like, oh, maybe they'll blindside Julie, and then she'll go home with one of Austin's idols. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they didn't show it, and I did see that question arise that she might still have it. I don't think she does. Um, I think that if she did uh austin and drew would be acting kind of differently this episode but yeah i'm i'm a little skeptical yeah if she if she does and that is how they're acting then julie definitely should not be feeling on the bottom of this alliance because they're clearly fine with you and trust you if if he's that chill about her having it um yeah, I mean, I think I think that's what Emily's going for. I think there is the fact, probably, that when you're trying to work with the combo of Bruce, Katora, and Jake, that it's a little tricky. I think Jake yeah. would have wanted to do something. I think all the different, you know, we'll get into that, I'm sure, but all the different plans, you know, leads him doubting of, like, well, if, you know, those two votes... Like, if it ends up just being him and Bruce on Julie, like, that doesn't do him any good, you know? Like, you kind of have to trust that. And if he's throwing a vote on Bruce, like, it kind of just would go away in the wash. Or he just has to lean into Emily's plan of hoping he doesn't play the idol. He he didn't look thrilled doing in the voting confession. Yeah, I mean, I, because Jake, this is what I will say. Our boy Jake, you know, who we both love. With all my heart. I think he has the right ideas. He sees where the game is going. He knows kind of the general moves he has to make. He has no idea how to make these moves. He has no idea how to rally people to uh, to do this. He has no idea who to target that would get people to do this. And I think we saw that by his very clumsy attempt to kind of throw that back at Drew. And Drew was kind of like, Jake, I saw this a mile coming. And, you know... You know, I mean, Drew acted like a giant douche when he said that. I don't know that Drew that. did seem see it coming, or he wouldn't have gotten, his, you know, so right. hurt. Well, he like, no, no. I, I mean, he saw it coming, as in he was tipped off, like the second oh. Jake started to do it. Well, that's the thing is, though. I mean, who should he target? We've seen right. them try to target D, and the Reba won't do that. We've seen them bring up Julie; they won't do that. We've seen them bring up Drew; they won't do that. They ha- we haven't seen him bring up Austin. But if if considering that everyone there will spill the beans, uh, you're not going to get him anyway. <laughs> right, and th- I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, how do you target any one of these four when everyone outside of them? We'll go running to them with the information that you want to target them. Like, it's like, I mean, I get the frustration there. You know, it's, it's tough to have to talk to everyone on the bottom, know that they're on the bottom and then, and them just kind of be like, yeah, but you know, I, I would rather not fight my position in the game. Like, it's, I mean, yeah. And, and I guess that then brings us to Katura, who, in my opinion, is actually the worst player left in the season. 
Um, because all she does, all she was interested in was voting out Bruce. That's all she cared about. And, you know, even this episode, Bruce comes to her with a plan that could improve both of their games. She gives the standard, well, maybe I should consider this, you know, because, you know, we could possibly work together to do this. And literally the first opportunity she gets, she just, you know, betray, you know, like, uh, you know, sells him out. And yeah, and sets him up to get voted out because that's her nature, you know? <laughs> like, what do you expect from the scorpion? And the thing is, it's like, what's the reason? I get that he annoys her, but like, just based on what we've seen, it just doesn't seem that deep. Like, when Courtney Yates wanted to just only wanted to vote on Ro- John Robert, yeah. I get that. I get yeah. that. That makes sense. He was he was gross to her, yep. and also Courtney didn't really care about the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was that too. Like, and maybe Katura doesn't either. Um, she certainly seems to. She seems to care about the game, and she she claims to be. Uh, she claims to know. You know, during the auction, claimed to know about Survivor history, but some of her choices lead me to question that, based on who she thinks is a threat. Yeah, because that that's the other thing, you know. Her choice of target is Julie, you know, because... Because everyone calls her Mama J, and don't you... You can't sit at the end with everyone they feel is a mama. Everyone knows that every older woman who has gotten to the end of Survivor, who is perceived as a mother figure, has won the game, right? Like, the funniest thing, too, and I mean, the editors have been so good that maybe they did see this, but, like, this was the episode where we saw Julie so articulating the exact problem that mother figure tends to have in the game. She was like, you know, oh, I feel like, you know, I have built these connections, but then when I betray them, they get so much more hurt than when other people do. And it's like, yeah, they do, because, you know, that is the bind that you are in if you mother them and betray them that is a deeper betrayal like to them and maybe that shouldn't be but that's the way it is and that's the way it's always been julie is the one of the three before that like i i feel the most confident is not winning this game (laughs) yeah and what's interesting is not only did we have her saying that but we also see what i feel like you know dawn is kind of the prototypical example of the like mother figure doesn't win right and i see what and when she when julie was talking to drew i kind of see what is also cited about john's it uh, sorry, Dawn's issue, which is not just being the mother figure who betrayed her, but being the person that people feel like they are comforting and they are taking care of as well. Like, yes, you know, calming them up because it's also an issue. You know, I think Hannah had in Millennials versus Gen X, obviously not a mother figure situation there, but like, and I've seen people on Twitter, um, the not, this is not, tried to name drop but like steven retweeted my tweet about this and so then i my mentions have been much more than normal um were like oh but what about you know sari had a strong chance to win and uh Vesepia won and denise won and tina won and it's like with maybe the slight exception of tina i have i don't remember hardly anything about that season because i haven't watched it since it aired and i was a child um but like, okay, Sari, first of all, <laughs> Julie is not Sari. <laughs> you shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> 
how dare you even think. Also, do people actually remember how old Sari was in her first season? Right. Like, <laughs> the older woman of, like, 34, 32, yeah. something like that? Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, especially hard for me to hear now at 33. Remember when I was the young one in the family? Yeah. That was yeah. nice. Oh, well. Um, at least I'm not almost 40. Quiet. Shut up. <laughs> um, but anyway, or like, or they bring up Denise, you know, and Denise is very often someone we bring up as the exception of the older woman who wants. And guess what? Because she, even though she was close with Malcolm, like she wasn't really that motherly of a figure yeah. in the show, even though I think Malcolm has her in his phone as Jungle Mama, but you know, Dan. <laughs> um, but like, she had Lisa, and she was up against Lisa and yeah. someone else. Um, but, like, you know, Lisa was very much the mother figure. And Lisa actually played a decent game, but she had those, like, emotional moments and stuff that people felt like they had to cater to her in addition to feeling betrayed by her. Um, yes. You know, so it's... Yeah. That's... I just couldn't believe that those words came out of Katora's mouth. I was like, if I'm Emily, I'd just be like, Yeah! No, I do want to sit next to the person everyone calls mom, actually. I couldn't believe those words came out of Katura's mouth and then were met by just, like, full-throated agreement by someone else who considers themselves a huge Survivor fan. It just kind of blew my mind. Granted, we did see her then not do the plan, so, right, so. <laughs> perhaps this was just the agreeing to one's face. Uh Right. That people would do. Because I think Emily really only wants to target D because she probably does see Julia as someone who can, she can beat and she feels closer to Drew and Austin. But none of these people will vote for any of them. What is going on? Also, like, you know, it's like even if, you know, you know, even if you're trying to get into the final three, like, what about your game makes you think that people on the jury are going to vote for you over the Rebas that are sitting next to you? You know, Emily, and now we'll get to Emily's game, you know, or more of Emily's game, because Emily's game right now really reminds me of Hannah's, which is you're going to go to the end, you know, you're going to say, I made these moves, and all anyone on the jury is going to think about is, one, I had to, like, comfort, support you when you were a mess in this game. Two, um... I, you know, you came to me and I came to you with plans and you never did any of them. And so now you're sitting next to the two people that I warned you you would be sitting next to. Why do you think you played better than them? You haven't. Yeah, I I think Emily has a little bit of an advantage over Hannah. Um, whoa, I almost, I was going to, Shapiro. I was going to give her last name just because there have been other Hannahs in. Almost said someone I know in real life. Um, but I. I hate her, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but I think it's a slight advantage, and I don't even necessarily think she's playing a better game or anything, but I think there are some structural advantages she has. A, yes. Um, almost everyone where she really had a meltdown with is not on the jury. Uh, the one person who is was like her closest friend who she did save and also who she could not have saved when he did get voted out because they were yes. split apart. So there's nothing for him to be bitter about. And he is also the mayor of Ponderosa, which does tend to like 
influence things a little more. Um, I'm not saying she'll definitely win, but I think she has a little more of a leg up than someone of her type would normally. I also actually think I've seen some interesting, it'll depend on how the jury reacts to stuff, but I was seeing some interesting kind of jury placement or not placement, um, but anyway, working the jury in that, which is so funny because you think if you go to someone and be like, actually, that person hates you. Yeah. You wouldn't be fond of them. But I think it is sort of being like, instead of just saying, no, I'm not going to go along with your plan. It's yes. like, no, here's why. Like, it's actually this other person who is keeping this plan from happening. And they're lying to you and saying that they like you and want to work with you. And actually, they don't. And we've seen her do that multiple times, including to Caleb, actually. Um, right. Right. And and I'll say this for her. I don't think she's drawing dead. Don't get me wrong. I think she has a better chance than any of the other non-Rebas by quite a bit. And frankly, I'd put her ahead of a few of the Rebas, too, in terms of like potential to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other difference between her and uh, and uh, and Hannah is that um, Hannah was on the same tribe, you know, and in the same alliance as the two people she was sitting next to. Whereas Emily can claim to be the outsider. And it might be that, you know, most of the jury is not going to be these Rebas and they might want to not vote for one of those Rebas because they just spent the entire time getting dunked on by them and they see her as an underdog story rather than basically just the fifth Reba, which is kind of what she's been. So so, so there is a path there. I just, I, I can very much see the you know the ending where she gets lit up by people for continuing to make uh you know promises get their hopes up and then dash them every week as she the did monica again culpepper. yeah exactly the, yeah the monica culpepper i forgot that except, she also except that. emily can't end this with um haven't you all just ever met a neat lady <laughs> yeah that, that's that. N- that's not the energy that yes. emily brings which i respect <laughs> Yes. So then, so and I guess that's that's the thing. We've been kind of talking about it, but you know, at tribal council, uh, Emily's plan goes off without a hitch. Her plan was to trick Bruce into feeling so safe he didn't play an idol, and then vote Bruce out rather than actually try to upend the game. And it worked. She won. Does this help her at all? Um. I don't think it hurts her, but I don't think it's, like, this huge win that she is presenting it to be. What I actually wonder is why... I I think the whole premise of Reba wanting to target Bruce so much is kind of crazy, which hasn't really been talked about. It's, like, his original tribe doesn't want to work with him, so he's probably not going to win at the end. No one wants to vote for Bruce. <laughs> right. And like, oh, he has an idol. We have to get rid of the idol. Guess what happens now? The idol's rehidden. Yeah. Now anyone can have it. You knew where it was. Yeah. And if you just don't vote for him, who cares? Or you do, and you split the vote, which you've been do, you know, which you did once you were finally able to vote for him. But it's like, no, why? I, I, I agree. And also, the longer you keep both Bruce and Katura in the game the longer you make it impossible for anyone to work against you because they will never work together as we saw this episode. Yeah, we've had 
multiple people talk about from Bellow talk about Bruce being an anchor to their game. That's what you want them to have. They're your only competent. Like now, at some point, at some point, I understand it because he is an immunity threat, and you don't. And if he's winning immunities at the end, you're not. And you know, you might think that. Well, I want to win those. So maybe, maybe I get that point. And also, if you get him out here, you got four, and there's only three other people. But you're right. The idol's getting rehidden. I mean, I think they were really hoping that, it, that he so would play bad. his idol and it would bounce off and go to Jake. And then that way they get rid of Jake, they get rid of Bruce's idol, and Bruce is still in the game for everyone to hate. It, you know. And someone still can find that idol. Yeah, but someone can still find that idol. It's... Yeah, and I guess I want, I want so bad for Jake to find because he has nothing to lose. He can go and find look for it in public. What are they going to do? Target him? Right. I mean, he was already looking for an idol when there wasn't one out there, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah someone should probably follow him." Which, yeah, that's probably going to happen again. <laughs> and also, I'm like, yeah, okay, so they're going to follow him. Then he finds it. Then you know he has it. Like, okay, he's still not cool. Congrats. Yeah. Great, he saved himself for a week, and now you gotta, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's rough. But by the way, I did look it up. Uh, the amulet idol last time it can be played is final six. The other idol can be played at final five. So cool. So we were both correct. If if Austin survives this week and or this coming week, and Julie doesn't steal his idol, <laughs> <laughs> he's just right at the he's, end. Yeah, he's he's to four. And I and, feel like and he's an immunity four, threat. Like, frankly, yes. if I were him and I wasn't immune this week, I would just play it. Just be like, yeah, you know what? I feel good about where my alliance is. But just in case, don't need to say it for anyone else. Also, I mean, maybe like, they get mad at I him, but who cares? And like, we never really know who's good at fire, but just like, it feels like he's probably got the best odds of those four. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you never really know, but he's catching the fish, so he's probably. Co- you know, cooking them too, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I did enjoy watching him catch the fish. Mm. And that brings us to the most important <laughs> part of this episode, which is our Kenny Loggins interlude. <laughs> you know, did you enjoy playing with the boys? <laughs> well, first of all, phrasing. Um, second of all, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, um, like as if that wasn't intentional. Come on now. <laughs> um, look, I have a confession. I've never seen Top Gun. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I was going to ask you if you even knew where that song was from. I've never heard that song before. (laughs) So when I was saying Kenny Loggins, did you even know that song was by Kenny Loggins? Well, once once I was on Twitter, like, and scrolling, I pieced it together. Okay. Because people were talking about it. But yeah, at the time, like, I honestly, and I'm so glad I didn't get specific, but like, when I I was like, I mean, just when the music changed and it was just music and it seemed like they were doing like a parody of that shit, which I guess they were, but you know, it was a real song. I was like already dying. And then when the lyrics came in, I was like. (laughs) What was so funny was if you, if you've seen Top Gun, the pose they got Drew doing is like a Top Gun pose from the volleyball scene. 
Like Incredible. if you if you Google the volleyball scene, it's only two minutes. It's very short. I watched it beforehand just because I was, you know, I wanted to laugh about that scene before we started podcasting. And like there are poses that the guys do, and some of them kind of look like Drew in that moment. They look they don't look like Drew, but they look like the pose <laughs> that Drew does. <laughs> Wow, pot! Look at that pedal. Um, yeah, I. Um, no, that's that's not fair. Drew's tall. No offense, Drew. I I know, I know. You, you know, but no offense, man. But uh, but no, you you don't look like those guy, the Top Gun guys in the volleyball scene. But he was basically doing the same pose, and it was great that they captured that. And I'm sure that you know they probably had the cameraman joke about that or something, or <laughs> someone was joking about that, and that's when crying. they decided to pick that music. Also, it's important for me to know, is that what boys are like when they're by themselves? Oh, yeah. No, it's it's 100% that's what boys are like. You know, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all we do. Uh, the only thing it got wrong was they weren't just sitting around naming uh, NBA players from the <laughs> 2000s. Yeah, it's like, it's not the Slack channel. If I, I, I guess the basketball channel Slack that just doesn't have, well, I mean, we, it also doesn't have two of the other men of our Slack. But <laughs> yeah, what uh, happens when I leave? Has Survivor ever had an honest to goodness needle drop before? I was going to ask you that if they've ever played, if they've ever basically shelled out the money to like play an actual song, not just one that they have just for the show. I don't remember one. I can't think of one, and I've been, I've you know, been rewatching the good seasons in these last couple of years as I uh, force my husband to conform to my taste. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it does not uh, strike me as yeah. something that has happened, which is why I was like, oh, is this just some weird one that they wrote? <laughs> like that you better be ready. <laughs> you see, the genius of Kenny Loggins is the fact that he's so easily parodied, but he's also so hard to parody because he's already so over the top. So, Just like the city of Boston. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you you, you know you know it's 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 hard to parody people that talk like this. You know, it's, God, I'm so bad at that. <laughs> you're really you're so bad at that. No, I can't think of any words with R's now. But I uh, know, me neither. No, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, it's hard. Anyway. A quick interlude is that, yes, I have been, I am like the only person on staff who will actually look at the pre- game content. I was listening to the podcasts, so they have the interviews. And like the first words practically out of Jake's mouth is that I'm a newly bad lawyer. I'm also a bartender. <laughs> And I was like, I I paused, I bothered my husband while he played games, and I said, I know you don't care about pre-game rest for Survivor, but I need you to know that there's a man whose action is so thick, and this is what he does? <laughs> I've never been happier. I-, I told my wife that, you know, that I was like, oh, well, you know, my favorite player left in this season is this guy who has a really thick Boston accent. And then she heard it, and she said, Oh my god, that's that's incredible. That's like a parody of a Boston accent. My mom is like, I can't imagine him as a lawyer. <laughs> I mean, to other people in Boston, they're like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> fairly normal, right? Yeah. I um, mean. It's just, it makes me so happy. Um, really, you know, as someone who lives somewhere where... I mean, I guess we, there is a bit of a, you know, California affectation, but like is not considered to be much of an accent. 
Uh, I really enjoy regional accents. They, they give, they, they spark joy, as Marie Kondo would say. Um, and also, then in the rest of that, he talked about how he, like, teaches kids theater and was bummed that he was missing his preschooler's production of The Lion King. And oh my like, god. I'm obsessed with this man. <laughs> I, 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 I legitimately love him just as, like, a character, as, like, so a human much. being. Like, he seems like just a lot of fun, and he seems just like, I don't know, like the type of person that, like, yeah, like, I, you know, I like his energy, I like all that. He had a touching moment, you know, what do you think about his emotional output tonight? Yeah, um, I think it's it's interesting, because we have, you know, people have been making a lot of comparisons to Owen, or like, you know, other people who yeah. just can't seem to get their footing, but I think we really haven't seen... Like, we got that a little, and I, I think because Owen probably just seems to express himself with, like, anger more instead, um, which is fine as long as, you know, depending on how it comes out. But Owen seems like a chill dude, so I'm not yeah. worried about it. But um, that that I think it would be just this really, it's, it's, it's different than, like, the people who go out first, you know? Obviously, that's super disappointing. But if you are a fan, and, like, you're playing this game, and he's, he's like, I think I'm a smart guy, but, like, <laughs> I can't resist. I'm sorry. Please, if Jake happens to be listening, the accent is pure affection. Um, yes, 100% I affection. I did him this in person. I, I genuinely love it. Um, this yes. is not irony. I, makes me so happy um and this also is not not a crush situation either although i certainly have had survivor crushes i just love him so much um i would love to go watch the lion king with him i'd like to see him <laughs> perform in the lion king because does he have the accent when he acts i don't know i don't know who, I, who do you think he plays in the lion king uh timon hmm or yeah. maybe Pumbaa, but like definitely one of the comic relief guys. Yeah. I was thinking it'd be funny if he was Zazu. Hmm. Zazu with the Boston accent is intriguing. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's, that's, you've given me a lot to think about here. So The Lion King is like my movie, like as, you yeah. know, a little kid. So um, that really gives me a lot to think about. <laughs> no, but like, okay, back on track. <laughs> <laughs> we are so what far off track. Mufasa? We're on a completely different track now. Yeah. What if he was Mufasa? What if he was Mufasa? I thought about that too because Mufasa dies. Remember who you are. <laughs> Everything the light touches. <laughs> oh my Jesus God. Christ. Okay. Okay. Focus, Emma. Uh, um, <laughs> so if you're in that position and you like, you're like, Watching, like, I would be, you know, if, like, yeah. oh, if I played the show, like, I bet I could, you know, I want to make some moves, I want to do this, and it's just what, he took one big swing, yeah, and it didn't work out because someone chickened out, which was fair, like, it made sense, we, you know, it was talked about on the podcast for Katora not to do it, but it also probably would have been the smarter move for her to do it, like, and then because of that, one thing that happened with only half of the tribe 
Like, he just can't, no one will work with him anymore. Yeah. Everyone, you know, he can't get any sort of footing. The best he can, he keeps thinking, like, look, if I just lay down and, like, say I'll be a vote, maybe eventually someone will want to do something, but nobody is. And so, like, the plan he thinks it's going to happen, then he hears isn't happening, and he's like, who is telling me the truth? Like, what is going on like that sounds incredibly frustrating and isolating and like even if you know he seems like such a friendly guy that i'm sure he's you know i don't know if that means he's like an extrovert or anything because that's not what those terms mean but like he does seem like someone who probably enjoys bouncing off people um and stuff like that and he's just not getting anything yeah and i think that would be really hard yeah, no, and he's been, like, very purposely, like, isolated and, you know, and, and pushed to the outside, and it's not just in terms of the game, like, it seems that, you know, people just really aren't interacting with him just kind of around camp, and, you know, we saw in the last episode, when he was still around camp, uh, what was it, D and Drew? D and Drew. Yeah, yeah, they made rice, and they're like, oh, whoops, we ate his rice. Ah, who cares about Jake? And it's like, that's just really shitty, you know, j- yeah. just just on a personal level. Though I did find his emotional moment, this moment, uh, you know, like, it had, you know, I understood his frustration. It was touching. I also laughed, not at him, but at Bruce pulling the most (laughs) Bruce reaction possible, which is he comes over and he's like, oh, what's wrong? And Jake's like, it's just hot. And Bruce is... and Bruce goes, no one thinks you're dumb, man. And I'm, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, Jake did not say that yet. You just left there. You just called him dumb when, when he hadn't even brought funny. that up, which kind of meant that you kind of think he's dumb. And I was like, geez, Bruce, like what a what a freaking Bruce moment that was. It's also funny because Bruce is from Rhode Island, so it's like not as thick, but he has a little bit of a New England accent too. He does. So then he's like, you know, he's a smart kid. <laughs> it, it, it comes out when he's talking to Jake Moore. It, Which wh- makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, I have a friend from Massachusetts, and um, she has said, like, her old roommate, you know, in college would, like, be able to tell when she had just talked to her dad. <laughs> because it would, like, come out. And we uh, we hear, it doesn't come out often, but oh, when it does, every now and then she'll yeah. just say, like, something, just drop a wicked, and we're just like, yes! <laughs> Do yeah. that more. Um, delightful. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, fantastic. like, so... I mean, like, yeah, I totally get Jake's frustration, and I don't think it's just related to the game. I think the game plays the largest part of it, but I also think that just the way the people on this season are playing this season and living the game, they're just isolating him at all times, because any time they spend talking to him is seen as like, well, maybe they're plotting with Jake. And so now he's just, like, probably spending a lot of time alone. Or when he is in a group, you know, he's not he's not really getting the bounce off. He's just kind of there. And I honestly kind of, yeah, cause you can see his like posture when he's with other people. Yeah. It's sort of this like slumped thing that people used to always say about Brandon Bell. Um, but that I also kind of think a little bit could be even that like, I've, cause I've heard people say this sort of about their own seasons, like that he kind of can tell this is like not a good season. Like, yeah. cause he, he does the like thing that's always annoying, like, oh, nobody wants to play or they just don't want to play with me, which like, I appreciate his self awareness that he's saying like, oh, it's just not me. But he keeps saying like, that's why he's so excited with the Kelly move as he, obviously the fact that it benefited him was good, but like, he didn't just say like, whoa, like, whoa, sorry, whoa, which, incredible. Yeah. Uh, but was, like, 
people are playing Survivor. Like, he was like, because what he was expressing was he's like, everyone just keeps dogpiling, and I don't want them to do that. And, um, you know, that I think part of him is like, not only is it frustrating because you're not doing a move, but I think there's a little bit of like, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, like, look, I don't really get the impetus for everyone to have unanimous votes. I think it derives from the fact that a lot of these people think their position in the game is much better than it is and has been um, because they think they're like, oh, well, if I can just get past this vote, then my alliance of these people is going to pull together. And those people were not actually your alliance. But you know how you find that out? By not doing a unanimous vote, which is a whole nother rant. Um, but but yeah, no, I mean, I think it's yeah, he's he's excited to kind of see he's excited to see moves. He's excited to see. You know, we think of Modern Survivor as, like, people make big, flashy moves. We literally have not seen a single one of those this entire, like, merge. You know, we have not seen. The biggest move was, let's take out the the woman who allied herself closely to a man we all hate and is immune. It's like, (laughs) wow. Yeah, that's only been done literally every season of the show. So, like, come on, people. Uh, It's just, I don't like the arc of this season. It it doesn't bend towards justice. It bends towards unhappiness. <laughs> I just, I was so afraid. Like, the one thing, you know, thank you, Bruce, for not playing your idol, because it means we still have Jake. Um, yeah. I looked at my fit, but my heart rate raised during <laughs> when they were reading the votes. Really? So I found it so funny how the jury, like, after two votes were read for Jake, the jury was like, it's not Jake. And I was like, yeah, it's probably not. They know how Jeff oh, yeah. reads the votes. I think it wasn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't the votes. It was just like the discussion and the like, because I was like, okay, like what? And I think some of that was also wanting the Julie plan to go through. No offense to Julie. It would just be something happening. Um, but yeah, I like, I was like, I feel like I like looked at it, it was like 93. And I'm like, oh. I'm insane. I, I mean, and, no. and that's why I no, think well. that, like, if Emily sits at the end, she's going to get lit up by the jury because they're just going to be like, why didn't you ever do anything? She's going to be like, well, I was, you know, responsible for Bruce not playing his idol. And they're like, that's not anything. Who cares? I mean, maybe they won't. Yeah. Maybe they won't. But I I, I think, I just think they're going to be really unhappy with no one taking at these Reba people, you know, which well, is. And it'll be. It'll be curious how Bruce will view his decision. You know, will he, like, be like, yes, I was manipulated by Emily and that was it. Or would it be like, no, I'm just a dumbass. <laughs> like, because we do see jurors work by ego and it's almost like, which is better for your ego? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know which is better. I don't know which is worse. They both stink. We ne- We didn't talk about this, but... Emily won the reward challenge. She got to choose people. She chose all the women left in the season. Uh, what do you think of those choices? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it also... It's not like- even like she was trying to get them to do a plan. You know, she just chose him. It was like, I just wanted to spend a night with the ladies. And I'm like, okay, fine. Like, you know, I don't... I get it, I guess. And, like, I can see why she maybe wasn't worried about leaving those four boys behind, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's not, that's usually the thing, is you don't want to, you know, because of who's left behind, but it's like, you're not getting those four to work together. It's not happening. Right. 
And you're close with, you know, Austin and Drew, and you can probably, you know, expect them to keep anything from happening while you're away. But also, I think she just wanted to spend the night with, with the ladies. And I think that's that, that was all that was going through her mind. And then we get the letters. Um, anything you want to say about the letters from home? Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? guys <laughs> like i yeah. don't know i didn't know who like was it that production like why was you know the letter of someone one of your contestants is no contact with in their letters like this is supposed to help them uh i think it i think we saw like yes i'm extrapolating but i think it's pretty clearly what caused her to have problems at immunity frankly because it was about being in her head and i think that Put her in her yeah. head. I didn't say what happened. Katora is who I'm talking about. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, Katora. Katora saying that. Yeah, no, I I was the one who just kind of went in, um, saying that she you know has no contact with her mom and didn't say why, which I respect. Um, n- and not saying that I would respect someone not say it, or like actually giving it. Like you know, she talked about how her background is like a sad story. Like. Totally fair, I think, for people who do want to get that out there. But I think totally fair. And I think really cool. She's uh, under no obligation to. Yeah. To be like, nah, that's not what my story is on Survivor. My story is that I hate Bruce. Um, But like. (laughs) That's it. That's my story. Yeah. But like, seriously, that she, you know, it's just like, you know what? That's not America's business. And that's great. I Love that. But that she now even had to bring that up because she was like in such a state overseeing this that she didn't expect. Now, I don't know how the letters work and stuff. So I don't know if like it was like they send it to whoever, like how they collect these and what happens. So if it's like someone in her family who, you know, I should give a stern talking to or or production. But I don't know if you're in like prison or the hospital or something you have like a list right of people you're willing to get visits from and i think they should probably do that for these letters um yeah and that sucked and uh i'm sorry that that happened to her and i absolutely think because like we've seen them do water challenges and she was fine like falling into the water is, I think a little into open water is, I think a little more scary than yeah. like the other stuff. But like she was fine before that. There is no doubt in my mind that this letter like heightened her anxiety and made you know put her in a state where like anything that happened was like more triggering. And like, I mean that in the legitimate term, cause people overuse that shit uh, <laughs> and like yeah. have bastardized it. But like, because that's what happens. It's not just like really, you know, it's like that she's already kind of emotionally compromised and yep. then like facing this. And, you know, she probably based on how that challenge was, I don't think she was going to like win it anyway. So I don't think it necessarily like ruined her game there, which is good. But it's some fucking bullshit. And uh, sorry if young ears are listening, but you know, if you get a blackjack and hookers podcast, you're going to get some profanity. So yeah, that's that. Yeah, it was, as you said, it, it was, it, it was shitty. The production just flat out. It sucked, and um, I don't know how that decision got made. I hope they reevaluate it afterwards, because that's not how it should be, you know? But 
I have the feeling that it's more like, oh, well, you know, we can provide an opportunity for a very important reconciliation or some dumb stuff. But yeah, and no, there are so no, many don't. different reasons why people are, you know, might be estranged from their parents, and yep. it is not our business. And like sometimes right. things can be rebuilt, and sometimes they're just not ready yet, and sometimes they shouldn't be rebuilt. And we don't know her situation because, again, not our business. Um, so hopefully, I hope she's like doing good now, and it's all fine. But you know what the fuck. Um, I'm going to get in trouble for swearing too yeah. much. Yeah, it's okay. As yeah. you said, people should expect that from us. We're, yeah, we're, I'm pretty sure we're listed as explicit, so. Yeah, it's sure. Like yeah, Hooker's. definitely. Okay, so we've talked about, like, everything else this episode, but we haven't talked about the people who are actually running the game, so what do we think of the Reba 4? Uh, well... They uh, stick together. <laughs> they do as th- they do that. And okay, great that, podcast, Emily. That does seem <laughs> to be <laughs> that does seem to be the smart thing. Um, Austin is handsome, and he has two idols. Maybe, maybe he only has one now. Um, I feel like she's gonna give it back though. Uh, Drew is very tall. Yep. Uh, um, Julie, we actually Do you find him as uh, repulsive as John and Andy do? I didn't for a while. Um, I was like, I didn't like love him. You know, he's no Cochran. But I wasn't like, this is the worst man I've ever seen. I will say, to the, I did like him a lot less because he came for my precious, precious uh, golden retriever, Jake. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that that, that I, was unforgivable. I will uh, have to fight him now. Um, yeah, no, exactly. That that you know, I, I, I didn't like Drew. He, uh, but I found him more boring than off-putting. Yeah, and I think like I'm like, yeah, but he's playing a pretty good game. I don't know how good he is because no one's putting up any opposition to them, so I can't tell if they're actually any good or not. But um one thing, though, about Drew, though, that I just want to say, because I think some of John and Andy's stuff, they talk about like the arrogance or like unearned arrogance or whatever. But didn't he say in the very first episode, like, oh, here you have Drew, who's like the Ivy League guy, as if he's the first Ivy Leaguer to ever be on Survivor. Like, please. Um and-, and also, do you know what Ivy League he went to? I mean, come on. He he went to Penn. Like, uh- at least, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> God, imagine if you went to, like, law school there. Embarrassing. Uh, I mean, that would be terrible. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, I wonder where Jake went. <laughs> <laughs> I bet somewhere normal. In for, Boston? Um, for not horrible people. Um, but, anyway. I mean, but the, the thing is, he's very but, arrogant. He's, no, but, but I he's had also a point. Very- I have a point. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, that his his whole thing of like, oh, uh, Drew is the Ivy Leaguer and is so smart and blah blah blah. But there's also Basile, his last name, and it's like Basile's got his arms around you and like blah blah blah. So he's pulling that, trying to be like, no, I'm not like what a, a regular nerd. I'm a cool nerd. But now today, during or this week during Boys Night, he's like, I'm not usually around the bros, and I'm like, then who's Basile? <laughs> You're either uh, lying then or lying now. Are yeah. you are you like the nerd who's like in the frat and has friends, or are you actually 
the guy you seem like you are and you're just posturing to try to be like, no, I'm not a total loser, which like, I respect him not being Ryan, what's his face from Heroes, Healers, Hustlers of like every other word he said, here's why I'm such a loser and no one's taking me to prom. But like, there's a middle ground, my guy. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, also, yeah, they're like, I'm indignant that Jake is targeting me because I uh, was keeping him around these times where, like, even though I'm targeting him this week, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, yeah. The thing about Drew is I feel like someone like him would be terrible, would be an absolutely terrible player the second something goes wrong in their game or the second something doesn't go their way. But we literally haven't seen that all season. Everything has gone his way. And maybe that is a testament to his skill. Or maybe it's a testament to these, like, just idiots that he's playing against. And the fact that the only competent people seem to be working with him. And I'm not even sure that most of them are competent either. Like, I mean, Andy and John have been debating whether or not Julie and Dee are actually good at this game. I don't know. You know, they certainly seem, you know, they make, they make decisions or they seem to say things that make me think they are not. Um, but I don't know because in the end, at the end of the day, scoreboard, they keep winning. Yeah. Um, I do think we have a decent likelihood of just a true meltdown at a final tribal though, if he gets from there. Drew. Yeah, I just don't think he has he's, it. He's, he's very young, and very if he young. gets pushed back, if he gets pushed back, that kind of real, you know, off-putting arrogance. It's not going to play. It's not going to play, and it could really come out strong there. He doesn't um, have maybe the it juice. won't. Maybe it won't, but it could. Yeah, I I don't I don't see that going well for him. Um, I mean, you know, he said he wanted to be the Steven to Austin's JT, and he might get that wish. He might get that wish, except that I was starting to doubt it this week because you know who got a lot of confessionals? Drew. You know who had like an entire story about getting to you know play with the boys? Drew. You know who basically didn't say anything all episode? Austin. But we saw him. <laughs> oh, did we? Um, yeah, but like Drew, okay, the playing with the boys one, first of all, incredible. <laughs> I'm just going to always call that play with the boys because it's so funny just to say it that way. It's so funny. Um, but like, I I think we're meant, I don't think we're the only ones, you know, who are endeared to Jake, right? And we've seen him twice in a row yeah. now come off as being antagonistic to our sweet Boston Angel. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. no, I, don't do I don't, that. I don't know. And I don't know, man. Like, winners at who knows anymore. Gabler won, Erica won. What the fuck's happening? I don't Yeah, think- I mean, then that's the other thing. Like, maybe Drew is getting the same edit that, like, Omar got. Or, you know. Yeah. And any of these other mo- modern players who seem to be in control of the game and then went out, you know, a few votes from the end. Maybe, Maybe Austin, you know, does win and they uh, they want to keep him low key so he's not too tied to Drew, who we all hate. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's the thing. Um, they could also tie him to D, who people seem to think is a huge threat. I'm not sure we've seen why. Um, do you have a sense of why? 
they've just apparently decided that she's the leader, which I mean, hey, cool, that's fine. Like a lot, you know, a lot of men have have received yep. credit for less, so go for it. But she, you know, I think a lot of it is just like she won a challenge, uh, but it was like early, and so now they're like, wow, impressive. And, yeah, and, 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 and this maybe, happens all and the- maybe she's perceived as the leader because she's the one that says the name first and loudest and everyone's just like, yeah, sure, that's a good target. Like, <laughs> yeah. And now, and it's, we see this a lot where it becomes kind of a self fulfilling prophecy where yes. because they've said someone is a threat and then that person doesn't go home. Um, now they're a bigger threat. Um, I think we saw that a lot because again, as I said, we were rewatching some seasons yeah. of showing my husband. Uh, I watched, um, Edge of Extinction right before this one. And like, I think a lot of that was Rick Devins where we were like, he's not really playing that well, but they were all so obsessed with trying to get him out that the fact that, that they became. couldn't meant that he was yes. the biggest threat. Um, which, yeah, no, and, and that does that happen, season. you know, like that, that is definitely a thing that happens. I mean, and maybe it's just that she's the most comfortable kind of like in her position. She really does not seem to, you know, worry about anyone in her alliance turning on her or doing anything. Maybe just that sense of kind of security and, you know, in her place in the game just radiates, oh, she's in charge. She's, you know, so. But I don't think she's winning. Like, I don't think Julie's winning. I, you know, as I said, like, I, I unfortunately, you know, yes, Drew could melt down. Um, but I think it'll, I mean, yeah, I'm probably still Drew's the, more, the likeliest. Though. I just, I, I, I can still see so. Austin or Emily. So. I don't know. I think just based on, I don't know, the new era, it's weird. It's hard to tell. I, I just kind of don't think it will. I mean, it could be Drew, but I think, I think D and Austin are actually both relatively likely still, even though they have smaller edits. Like, I just don't know. Austin maybe the, has the toughest one with an edit because you'd think they'd want to prop him up so much. He but, might not be giving them much. Yeah, maybe he's not that, like, maybe when he's not talking about sandwiches, he's not that interesting, you know? Yeah. When he and, is talking about sandwiches, he's delightful, and I love yes. him, but... I, 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 this is what I will say. Austin, I think, has had actually really good reads on the game mechanics throughout this. Um, like, I, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Like, I think he's playing, and I think, you know, with someone that's, like, the athletic young guy, you don't want to necessarily always come off as the super challenge threat. And I think he's done a good job of managing that threat level. So like, I think he's kind of done, you know, he's done what he has to do for someone of his archetype, I think to be in a really good position at this point in the game. Does that mean that he necessarily came out and meant to do all that? I don't know, but it certainly is what he's done. And he's had good reads on the mechanics and we made fun of the sandwich thing, but he was a hundred percent right about that. And then he made them pay for making the wrong choice. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, someone of his archetype not having even really been spoken about being voted for is it's wild. wild. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why, like, I think, like, yeah, we're not seeing as much because he's somehow not being out in front, which I think yeah. is, unfortunately, actually really impressive in the way that this area of the game is where it's like, you know, who can be the most mediocre. Yeah, he seems someone that's almost as well liked as Caleb was. 
only Caleb was threatening to everyone and Austin's not. And a lot of people keep saying, like, now for the Reba 4, like they should, they know he has two idols. I don't think anyone else know. Well, I think yeah. Emily maybe knows he has the amulet one because he did tell her about the amulet. They probably know about the amulet one. I don't know if they know about the other one on the beach. But then Modern Survivor, people say everything. So maybe yeah, they who do. Knows? Maybe they all know. There's no secrets in this game. If they all know and are that pressed about Bruce, like, yeah, I mean, this is what I think a lot. I don't particularly care about anyone on the Reba 4, but at this point, they deserve it because unless, you know, our king uh, is able to find the next idol and stage a coup and do a lot of impressive games at the or moves at the end, which I know sounds like coping, but let us not remember, you know, what it, did we think Marianne was going to win at this point That's of true. the game and that was a des- I think that was a totally deserved win. Um yeah. she did that shit and she did that she timed it really well. Um Yeah. And I, I will say, like, I want someone to just, like, do stuff, not even necessarily so that the Reba 4 don't, so that someone from the Reba 4 doesn't win. I just think it'll be more interesting if, yeah. you know, That's if next thing. week isn't Katora, or J- if the next two weeks aren't Katora and Jake, and then we finally maybe see a shakeup at five, or maybe don't, and then there's fire, and that's it. Like, right. I don't want one interesting vote in this fucking in this entire post like post post merge uh you know game like i would yeah. like there to be more than one no i i definitely agree like because that's the thing it's like i don't really care about anyone in the Reba before except i'm slightly negative on drew and slightly positive on austin but i also yeah like that's the thing i'm neutral it's not like i'm like oh this evil alliance because like we've seen those they seem fine um, yeah, they're fine. Except for depriving sweet baby Jake from his rice. I do think they probably don't know that he fainted twice. So, like, let's not say they're, like, you know, specifically, like, keeping him when he has potential health issues there. I don't think they necessarily know that. It wasn't when they were on his camp. Right. Um, but, you know, it's not nice. <laughs> and he's so, he's, he's a good boy. Yeah. So. All right. Um. I think we've kind of reached the end of the line with this episode. Uh, you got anything else you want to add? Um, you know, I just, I just hope maybe next year we'll have a better season of Survivor. I hope so too. I guess. Do you want people to follow you anywhere else, or are we not sure. doing that anymore? They're apparently not doing that. But you know what? I remain perhaps naively steadfast in my belief that we can help him lose so much money. And fuck up his shit. <laughs> Still being there and blocking every blue check mark and advertisement. Um, very Michael Bolton in uh, Office Space. You know, yeah. why should I change it? He's the one who sucks. You can follow me at Purple Rock Emma. Um, if you want to get on Blue Sky, I've got codes. No one on my personal Twitter seems to care. So I also uh, have codes. DM hit, me if you want on Blue Sky. Hit, I'll send you one. Yeah, so. hit me up. Um, and then you can follow me on Blue Sky. But I just if you DM me, I'll tell you where I am. Like it's it's still anonymous, but I don't post that much yet. So yeah, because um, I'm not doing like the survivor thing there. So just right. FYI, um, I'm not either. So and you know, purplerockpodcast.com. Yep, and follow us on wherever you get this podcast, which you're already you're doing pre- if you got yeah, the you're podcast. Presumably already doing. So. Yeah. So uh, if we showed up in your Spotify wraps, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That'd be kind of sad, actually. But <laughs> well, I only had one because I don't really use Spotify for podcasts. So yeah, just that's that. Fair. But um, yeah, Hit theme that. music. Yeah, theme music. It's getting Yeah. 